This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. ESPN here in New York. Hey, Gordon. Larry, what's going on, my friend? Gordon, I got to tell you something. I'm wondering when we're coming on, right? And I'm looking mm-hmm. at the final seconds of this Ranger game, and I'm like, yeah. they're not going what are they doing? They seem to be taking their time, like a days ago, moving the puck around the eyes, couldn't get anything going. And then, Gordon, two tenths of a second left. Bang. Keandre Miller ties it up. And now I'm saying, okay, so, okay, we always talk about it, right, Gordon? Who ties it up, has the momentum going into the to the overtime when you have those situations? I'm saying, huh, this is going to be a shootout? Will Gordon and I be able to get on the air tonight at all? Huh. Adam Fox says, Larry, I want to hear what you and Gordon got to say. 116 into the overtime, game, show, match, Rangers. Very exciting game, Gordon. Yeah, that's, I think, the definition of stealing a win, right? Looked like uh, it was going to be a loss. Even if it went to overtime, you don't know. But, uh, yeah, the Rangers are flying high right now. They are. They're playing very well. And that was quite an exciting game. It really was an exciting game. I really enjoyed it, going back and forth. And it was, you know what, the goal, the goaltenders played well. Uh, both of them played well. But, I mean, if you're Dallas, you're, you're sick. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you're right. Sick. If somebody stole a win against you, right. I mean, you, you just had it taken away from you when you thought you had it already locked up. Yeah. Also, Minnesota outskated the Islanders 3-1. And Gordon, we'll talk about this because I really want to do a lot of football in this show tonight. But, uh, you know, give the Nets a lot of credit. Uh, They rolled with the Celtics for a while. They don't have Kevin Durant, obviously. Uh, Celtics were missing um, a player as well, right? They were missing him. So, uh, you know... I'm, I'm waiting to see if, if the Nets will be able to pull it off, we'll do something, and then it just, you know, Jason Tatum and the team fourth got quarter. hot in the fourth quarter. Yeah, absolutely. And they that was the difference there. Fourth quarter. It was a close yeah. game throughout. It was. You know? you it, was. it was a good the game. Nets were gonna, you know, it looked like, uh, you know, so some stuff from Joe Harris tonight. Haven't really yeah. seen him a whole lot. Uh, absolutely. But Kyrie Irving did, you know, his typical stuff. But, uh, and it wasn't like anybody on the Celtics, you know, went off or anything like mm-hmm. that. But, uh, yeah, that fourth quarter outscored 25-16. So the Nets hung with them for three, but um, that was about it. Yeah, they wore down. But uh, listen, if it's not Boston, the Nets win that game against a bunch of other teams. That's what yeah, right. Boston is. There's a reason is why so they're good. thirty-one and twelve. They're deep, Gordon. They're a deep team. Mm-hmm. That 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 Celtic team is very deep. So, you know, we'll see what happens with them. Woody Johnson spoke today, Gordon. It's as the world turns in Florham <laughs> Park, man. Unbelievable. They are, they are like creating content. They're like Jake Paul of the NFL. They create content every day. It's unbelievable. You Gordon, go to the you go to the jet tree and you pick up all the fruit. You get all. You figure, all right, well, that's all the fruit off. The next day, you wake up. There's more fruit on the tree. I wish I had a money tree in my backyard yeah. like a jet tree. Well, I mean, the Jets, uh, they would cash in that way, I tell you that. Oh, they, so we'll talk about them a little later. I, I really want to get into Wild Card Weekend, Gordon, and uh, I think the best place to start on Wild Card Weekend would be with the New York Football Giants and their battle against the Minnesota. Uh, Wake Martindale spoke to the media today, and it, it's interesting because when you when you think about – Giants football, right? Giants football has an identity. It's defense and running the football, right? When you think New York Giants, that, that's what you think of. Running the football, tough defense, really good linebacking core, pressuring the quarterback, uh, you know, and, and running the football. So this week, obviously with Minnesota, you, you their defense is pretty good. But from the defensive side with Mike Martindale, you know, you want to put all the pressure you can on 
Kirk Cousins. You want to make it tough for him. You want him to think he's seeing uh, four and five people. You want him to misread everything. So it's going to be a lot of pressure. So he was asked today, Wink Martindale was, how much of this defense is inspired by, you know, the old school giant physical defense? Inspired, you know, that we know where the standard is and we want to keep raising the bar. And that's what I keep referring to the fans. I think they like seeing it. They like seeing an attacking style defense and, and uh, you know, ones that can hit the quarterback. We've had 19 different guys this year on the roster. It's got a sack. That's crazy. And, uh, you know, it's also, once again, a credit to the players and their coaches. And it's a credit to what he's able to, to scheme up in the lab, Gordon, because he puts guys in playmaking positions. And if you're a defensive player, you love playing for an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator or a coach like Martindale because he always puts you in position to make plays. Yeah, uh, and, um, you know, they've, they've certainly gotten after the quarterback this year. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that necessarily that you would say that their defense is, you know, um, one that you, you fear, right? It's not like they're not going to get after the quarterback to that degree. They're not going to take away the ball to that degree. But they keep you in every single game. They do have their playmakers along the defensive line, the defensive line very deep. Uh, and they've been able to scheme up the other whole. I mean, that's really the amazing thing, you know. Like when we were going into the season, and we're talking about, well, they have to get rid of James Bradbury, who's been you know, one of the better players they've had on this defense for the last couple of years. And you're not going to get anything for him. He's just going to be cut. You think, oh boy, it's just going to be holes all over this defense. But that has not been the case throughout the season. So um, yeah, I mean, they, their defensive line. That's where, and you're hoping that Adoree Jackson can play in this wild card game even though the amount of time that he has missed. But, um, yeah, I mean, the defense is where the Giants have always kind of hung their hat. And while we focus a lot on Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, it's still where the Giants hang their hat. Yeah, there's no question about it. That This is who they are. They've always been this way. And the challenge for Sunday, as it is for any game, is Gordon balancing being aggressive with being smart, making sure that guys understand what they're supposed to do and not try to do too much by overrunning a play or losing containment or things like that. Here's what Wink Martindale had to say about that. Balance, aggressive, and smart. So if you're aggressive, you're not smart. No, you could. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I'm with you. Uh, I just think that our personality as a defense is to attack. And, you know, I said it before, if you got an NY on your helmet or the old school Giants on your helmet, you know, you're going to attack. Now, there's different ways to attack or to be smart. And, you know, one of the reasons why we pressure like we do is because we know they're going to hit. It's, it's one of those situations where that was the topic of discussion of could you have done this, could you have done that, could you have done this. And I just look at it as for myself personally when I'm calling a game. Is, is it time for us to win it, which is at the time as we were trying to win it defensively or where we were at in that situation. Yeah, and he, um, you know, he doesn't. I tell you what, Gordon, he's done a nice job with this defense. There's no question about. It. You talked about early, a couple of minutes ago what they don't have in the secondary, and that's been kind of their weak spot defensively. But what they've been able to do with schemes and things have made up for it. And they get in that first game, not so much the first half, but the second half adjustments they gave Kirk Cousins fits. Yeah, uh, and I mean that performance. You know, like if if the Giants had not played the Vikings so far this year, I still would kind of feel good about the Giants going into this game, mainly because I don't feel good about the Vikings. You know, just certain <laughs> aspect. You know, the fact that they're kind of fraud team, uh, Kirk Cousins record in the playoffs, all this type of stuff. But the fact that you saw it just about a month ago uh, makes you feel confident. 
that they are going to be able to find a way to, you know, at least slow down Justin Jefferson enough, slow down their running game just enough, and allow their defense to, uh, to, to um, you know, put the offense in position to, to, to win the game. Uh, I mean, last time, as I mentioned, you know, they lost on a 61-yard field goal. So uh, that's being in the game. And uh, it's just interesting. It feels like the Giants not only have a shot to win this game, it feels like everybody in the world is picking the Giants to win this game. Yeah, makes you uneasy if you're a Giants fan. <laughs> that's the only part of this if I were a Giant fan I don't like. Makes you real uneasy. Mm-hmm. Everybody's picking the Giants now. Oh, that's the. But last. you know what? The good thing is, is that everybody's picking the Giants. But if the Giants don't win, it does. I don't think it changes the narrative of the season at all. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's almost like. Look, you don't want to say you're playing with house money, but it's almost like they're playing with house money. Yeah, yeah. But I do think Gordon, and and you understand, I get exactly what you're saying. Unfortunately, the Giant fan right now. Uh, oh, no, they're not game. thinking about that. They're thinking they can win this, win this game, right, of I course. I want to win this game. I want to yeah. win this game. I, I, that's what I want to do. I want to I want to have that taste of going, moving, getting a win in the postseason. I mean, Gordon, what, can you imagine what that does for Joe Shane and Brian Dayball? They get a win in the postseason and move on. What, what does that do to their game plan? I mean, they still got work to do. Yeah, <laughs> but it kind of makes them feel pretty good, right? I'm interested if the Giants do win to hear them after the game say nobody believed in us. Wait, everybody's believed. I've, everybody I've seen has picked the Giants in this game. It's like they can't lose is how, right. how people are saying it. Yeah. And look, they had rest last week. They got to rest all their starters last week. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know, basically a bye week for them. Yep. Uh, the Vikings, I, I think their starters played most of that game against the Bears because they were still trying to get the number two seed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just feels like everything's kind of lined up. Well for the Giants, I'm not saying perfectly, but I think mm-hmm. things are lined up well. This is the opponent you wanted to face. Yes. Uh, you were able to rest your guys last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, it feels like the kind of game that one or two plays will swing it, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. that's the kind of games the Giants have won this year. Yep, it's true. It's true. There's one player for me on Minnesota that I think could be – a big playmaker in this game Sunday. There's one player that I'm really looking at, Gordon. Not not, not to put shekels on him, mm-hmm. but there's one player I'm really looking at. I'll share that with you next. Plus, we'll hear from some more Giants. It's ESPN New York tonight, and we'll take your phone calls as well on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always a chip on your shoulder. I'm a fifth round pick, Zay's a sixth round pick, Richie's a late round pick, I'm pretty sure. So it's not like we came in this league first top 10 pretty girls, you know? So we've been at it for a minute, but obviously, you know, in order for him to complete a lot of passes, somebody's got to catch up there. So. That's Darius Slayton. And Gordon, it has been the topic of conversation a lot this season not only by just by you and I, but by a bunch of people. And that is, whether the Gi- how are the Giants able to do what they do with the receiving core they have? Uh, this receiving core needs to have a, a, a prominent game. Not a big game, but a prominent game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we've kind of questioned it all season long, but why stop now? <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, they've been able to do it all season long. So, uh, and, you know, that last game that they played um, – the, the Giants were able to move the ball down the field very, I think it was like in a, in a minute, basically, mm-hmm. um, to to tie up. You know, they get the touchdown, they get the two-point conversion. Um, so, 
they can clearly move the ball. Yeah, I have the, I have the writing here. Uh, I, I can't decipher my own writing sometimes. <laughs> they, dr- they drove the ball 75 yards on seven plays in 59 seconds, mm. including a fourth and two uh, run by Saquon for the 27-yard touchdown, and then Jones hit Daniel Bellinger for the, the two-point conversion to tie the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, I, it, look, if it's the type of game where you got to score 30 to win, that doesn't really favor the Giants. And, and Minnesota does have that kind of offense that if they really were to get rolling, but the Giants generally don't allow that to happen. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to happen this week. No, nope, I don't either. I don't either. Uh, we'll hear from Saquon Barkley in a second, but to pay off the tease, Gordon, obviously, obviously, the Giants have to contain Cook, the running back, and Jefferson, and even Thielen, who didn't really bother them in, in their first matchup. But for me, Gordon, it's the tight end. It's, it's Hutchinson. I mm-hmm. think, you know, because uh, Cousins is going to have to give it to the ball quick. The tight end is going to be right there, in, you know, in, in an area where he can get rid of him and do some damage, just extend some plays. I think the Giants really have to do a good job on him because I think he could be a difference maker in this game. Not Not big numbers. But Gordon, just to be just as a safety valve person that 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 gives Kirk Cousins some, you know, some relief with this Giants blitzing scheme that they do. Right. Uh, and I mean, in terms of his numbers for the year, he's got like almost 90 catches. He had over 900 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty good that's a pretty good third weapon to have or fourth weapon if you include the running back. So, yeah. uh, you know, there was a reason why they went out and made the trade with the Lions to get him. Uh, and it was to make a deep playoff run this year. And if they're going to do that, they you know, need to obviously get a win here against the Giants on Sunday. They definitely do. Uh, Saquon Barkley, any nerves for the wild card game on Sunday? Nope. I'm excited. Obviously, I know it's a playoff game. More attention, more eyes. But to me, I won't be nervous. Would I have, you know, just some, would I be hyped? Yeah, I get hyped for every single game. But nerves, I wouldn't say that. For me, it's just another football game. I talked to Strahan when he was here not too long ago, and I asked him, I was like, what's really the difference between playoff football? He's obviously like the intensity rises and all that, but the biggest, best advice he gave me was just don't make the game bigger than it needs to be. And I'm, just, I'm keeping that advice, sticking with that advice. He's right. You don't make the game the way the bigger than it is, but Gordon, you do. <laughs> I mean, you can tell yourself that, but you do. Right. Because every play is important. It's the postseason. You're going home if you miss a couple of plays. So uh, while you can think that way and that's the idea and that's the way you and that is the correct way you mentally approach it, Gordon, as soon as you step on the field, it's different. Okay? It's different watching it. It's different when you're in the stands watching it. It's got to be different on the field than it is. Yeah. I mean, if you're telling yourself it's no, it's, it's just the same game, that's tell, subconsciously you're admitting that it's not the same game because you have to tell yourself it's not the same. It's just the same game. So, uh, look, I think that there, there probably will be a little bit of nerves coming into the game. But, you know, I would like to think for the Giants, they've been waiting for this. They've been you know, chomping at the bit to finally get back to this spot especially for Saquon, who's under, underwent a lot of losing here, so that mm-hmm. after a few minutes and a couple of plays, it'll just feel it, – maybe it will feel like a, a regular game. Yeah, the first couple of hits, that's what guys normally tell you, right, Gordon? First couple mm-hmm. of hits, you know, we're ready to go. I know the fans are ready for this to go. <laughs> we'll hear from the Giant fans, 1-800-919-3776. Guys, tell me how you feel as you get ready for Sunday, as it gets closer and closer. What is your thought process? I tell you – who is getting a lot of conversation? Is the topic of a lot of conversation about this Giants team, Gordon, and that's Daniel Jones. Yep. And not so much how he's going to play in this game per se, but how he plays in this game will affect how much money he's going to make whenever the Giants are done with their season. 
Yeah, uh, it could. St- I mean, it's amazing how things can change very quickly, yeah. good and bad. If he goes yeah. out there and, and he lights it up, you know, th- there's going to be plenty of teams that are looking for quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, it, it happens every single year. So if he goes out there and, and really looks the part on a, on a national stage with all the eyes upon him, um, you know, that, that price tag is going to go up. There's no question about that. And he's done a fantastic job this year. He's clearly in line for a pretty sizable contract already. But the flip, it's, it could also be true. If he goes out there and, and turns the ball over, goes back to that, even though he's not done that this year, uh, that kind of hurts him a little bit. But, um, look, I expect him to, to play well. I expect him to do what he does, run the ball, throw the ball. And, and if, the, if the defense can keep this a close game and get after Kirk Cousins, he'll have his chances. It's really, it's really fascinating for me, Gordon, to be if I were Dayball and Shane, right, and you're watching this game, and you know what you've done, okay? You know what adjustments you've made to your schemes, and, you know, you've known what you've done to make it easier for Daniel Jones to be successful, right? You know what you've, the adjustments you've made in your offense. So when you sit down, and let's say the Giants win, and they go to the next round that they lose before they get to the conference finals or whatever happens. You know, it was, it was a successful year because nobody expected you to even, nobody expected you to have five wins, much less nine, and go into the postseason. No. Yeah. All right, but, but you know what you had to do to make him successful. How does that, you know, influence the price tag that you're going to offer him, right? Because you know, other people don't know. They may have an idea. They know that he's better. They know he's not turning the football over. They know that he's running more than he's ran before. They know that he was healthier this year than he's been. But they know what they did to the scheme to make it work for him. And, Gordon, if I sign him for my team as a free agent, he may not work for me the way he's worked for them. That's true. I mean, there is something to be said for that, right? Like, uh, he knows the situation here, Daniel Jones. So, even if there are better offers out there, maybe he's better served staying here. But if you're, you know, a professional athlete, I think you have a a pretty healthy ego. And you'd have to say, maybe Joe Shane is just an absolute miracle worker. (laughs) And he's able to just load up this offense in one offseason. But the chances are, while the Giants will add playmakers – it's still going to be a work in progress. Now, Jones mm-hmm. has done an amazing job with, with very few playmakers this year, so he'll have more. You'd think he'd be better next year. But it would be you – know, there might be other teams out there where it's a little bit more of a ready-made situation, and mm-hmm. that might be tempting to him. It really kind of all depends on what's the most important thing to Daniel Jones. I don't think Daniel Jones is going anywhere. I don't either. And I don't think the Giants can allow – think about the position that the Jets find themselves in. Mm-hmm. Nothing yep. but questions. That's Nothing right. but questions. The Giants yep. don't want that to be the case. So if they have to overpay a little bit, well, you know, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> you're going to have to do it. <laughs> yeah. And so so it, it's a fascinating situation they find themselves in. And, uh, you know, they'll just have to keep making adjustments to their offense, right? They they know what works. So well, you would think that's the that good thing. By adding more more talent to the offense – the, the most adjustments they've already made have already been happening, right? Like mm-hmm. you'd like to think that from this point on, they're, they're going to have at least somebody who's a little bit more reliable at receiver. They, they're going to be able to add talent at the skill positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would but, think that the most amount of adjusting they have to do is, is already been done. And it should be a little bit easier if you add some more talent, which we all kind of expect. But by doing that, now are you tempting the fact that now Daniel Jones is going to put the ball up more in the air? And now there are more opportunities for tip balls and interceptions and things of that nature because of the fact that you've had limited 
gameplay from your wide receivers, you've kind of you've made it, it's perfect for him the way it is because mm-hmm. he loves to use his legs. You got Saquon Barkley there. You know, you you spread out. You got a tight end. You got some guys who've done a nice job. You know, now if you have a potent guy that you say, hey, you know. We know we got to get him the football. Does that now put you in the spot where he becomes turnover Jones again? Yeah, I would. I would think not. Um, I mean, there is that always that possibility, but you know, you, you have to make the decision when you have to make the decision. They they declined the fifth year option because they wanted it. They they wanted them to have a prove it year with a head coach who has a track record of of kind of fixing quarterbacks. He has done that, and again, unless you have a clear path to something that you know is better, mm-hmm. then you got to stick with the devil you know. Yep. No question about that. And I know how you feel about running backs, but I think you got to bring Barkley back too. Well, look, if that's the way that the Giants want to go, this is not me making this up. This is oh, not, yeah. no, mm-hmm. Saquon, you don't like Saquon. The, the history shows you investing a lot of money in a second contract for a running back is almost always a mistake and for someone who's been as injury-prone as Saquon has been, he's been even injured this year. Now he's mm-hmm. had a brilliant year this year. But much like with Daniel Jones, what's the most important thing to Saquon Barkley? Is it to remain a giant? He wants to be a giant his whole career, and he's willing to maybe take a little bit less to remain here and more, maybe uh, you know, a little less in guarantees and more in incentives moving forward. Okay, may- maybe there's a way you can make that work. But to me, if you're talking about building the team because after this year you still kind of have to build the team this year has been Mm -hmm. great but there's still a lot of work to be done the history tells you investing a lot of money in a second contract for a running back is generally a mistake yeah it is it is so you know it's a tough situation because you know you like what you've seen from him this year Mm -hmm. and uh he's he's done everything you've asked of him but he's been your playmaker he has been he has been but now if you you subtract him now you gotta (laughs) now you have even more work to do yeah who do we get now? Yeah. <laughs> what will we do? 1-800-919-3776. Come on back. We'll talk uh, football. Doing Wild Card Weekend next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, before we talk some football and go through the, the rest of the schedule for the weekend, Watching, uh, while I'm chatting with you, I'm watching uh, Dallas and the Lakers. Yeah. How's that going? Uh, It's a close game, surprisingly. Uh, Dallas had a big lead early, and then the Lakers have fought back. Uh, uh, Promo code Gordon. Who complains more, Luka or LeBron? Oh, I I don't know. I don't know if anybody complains more than Luka. I mean, Luka is... (laughs) Love his game. I love his game. But he he complains about... Everything. Everything. Every oh. single thing. Well, he I mean, maybe he learned from LeBron. Oh, man. And, LeBron, and, I mean, that is that is oh. LeBron's M.O. Yes, indeed. Well, he got that from Jordan, too. Jordan you know, complained a Jordan lot. Jordan wasn't also. as bad as LeBron, and, Le- no. and, and I don't think LeBron is as bad as Luka. Yeah, but, but that's, that's a pretty good one, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Pretty good. And, and don't forget Reggie Miller. <laughs> Yeah, that was another good one. But, I mean, I'm sure, like, if you went back and watched them after watching Luca, it would be like, oh, he's just complaining here or there. It's not as much. Exactly. Luca's just everything. (sighs) Every play. um, They did this to me. They did that to me. How could you call a foul? He never fouls, and he always gets fouled. Mm -hmm. But he is a phenomenal player. Phenomenal player. 
Yeah, oh, so good. He's so good. I wish he was like uh, the Joker. He doesn't complain. No, so not Joker. He, he doesn't yeah. complain. You know, you have to really. It has to really be bad. You know what? Uh, if you're an official. If he complains, you might have to review what you're right. called. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I would think would be the case. Like, if, if there's a guy that's just complaining all the time, you just wouldn't you just kind of tune it out? I, yes. I guess it's such a star league that I guess you do get the, mm-hmm. the benefits of it at some point. Oh, but, yeah, they do. Uh, yeah. There's but no question. Think they get that some at some point, at some point, you think the official, shut up already. Enough. <laughs> Enough. You. Enough Please. already. Please. Just, Give me a just... break. Uh, as I'm sure a coach, I'm sure officials say when, oh God, Thibodeau's on the schedule tonight. Oh, jeez, <laughs> he doesn't Where's even need to be talking to you to be complaining because you just hear his voice <laughs> the whole time. Are you, you turn? Are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you yelling at now? Oh man, this is crazy. All right, Gordon, let's talk some football, my friend. Let's do it. All right, let's uh, begin with the. Saturday games, Gord. This, you know, look. I, I don't expect a lot from this game. You know, with Seattle at San Francisco. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a feel-good story from both quarterback positions. I'll tell you that. That's that's the interesting thing here. But, Gordon, let's face it. San Francisco should win this game easy. They should. Seahawks have not been playing well. I don't. I get the feeling this one might be a little closer. Mm. I don't know what, what was the latest line. I want to see what the latest line is on that game because it feels like every time there's always a game that we all think going into the first weekend, oh, this is going to be a blowout, and all of a sudden it's a lot closer. It's not up to ten yet. It's still nine and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it got up to ten, all these six matchups replays from the regular season, and obviously yeah. with the Seahawks and Niners being in the same division. Uh, they faced each other twice. So um, I, I get the feeling the Seahawks might make this a bit of a game because okay. the Niners are just such a monster. Um, yeah. And and at some point, Brock Purdy's going to have, you'd think, a rookie game. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we have no confidence at all in Skylar Thompson doing anything. They were both drafted in the seventh round this year. Yeah. It's so crazy. Purdy's been fantastic in that Niners offense. I mean, they just have such – um, explosive players in so many positions between the tight end, the fullback, Debo, uh, now with Christian McCaffrey. They are just absolutely loaded. Um, but I, I just get the feeling that game might be a little closer than we think. All right. That, look, I hope so. I want to yeah. see, see close games this weekend. So sure. I'm, I'm hoping you're right. Yeah, because you might. I'll tell you one on Sunday, you're not going to get a close one. <laughs> How about this? Two quarterbacks making their playoff debut. Geno Smith and Block Parity. Isn't that something? Yeah. Well, I mean, good for Unbelievable. I kind of hope it is close for the Seahawks because I don't want it to get to a situation. I mean, Geno has been such a great story this year, the way he has emerged after all the things that have been said and and written about him. And and, and look, they're not all wrong. I mean, he did a lot of things wrong early in his career, but he's matured. He He shows you that you can still get a second chance, and when you do, you can take advantage of it. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping they don't get blown out, and it's you know it's not really yeah. a game in the second half, but we shall see. Yeah, but the, the Cinderella turns into a pumpkin, right? Yeah, <laughs> you hope not. You hope right. not. The other game is the Chargers and Jaguars, and Gordon, you know how I feel. I love Justin Herbert. I do. I love him, but his coach makes me very nervous. I think this game's going to be closer than a lot of people think. Yeah, I mean this is this is kind of the the young quarterback, the young up and coming mm-hmm. quarterbacks, and. You know, there's a little bit of uh, I don't know that it's it, it's overwhelming, but there are some things about Justin Herbert where he never really seems to win the game he's got to win. That's right. 
So here's a playoff game, and, and if he does not, if he's not able to, I think he has the better team overall. Mm-hmm. If he's not able to uh, to have his team win on Sunday, I think those questions just kind of grow about him. Yeah, I, I would I would think that uh, the Chargers would win, Gordon, because I think they have the better defense. Uh, even though the Jaguars' defense has played well over the past couple of weeks, so I, I kind of lean towards the Chargers. Uh, but listen, Trevor Lawrence has played. He's played pretty good over these, the past month, and this team has taken off. Yeah, no question. And, uh, like, sometimes when it starts to come together, it comes together really fast. Yeah. And if Trevor Lawrence is able to go out there and get a win in this game, uh, the hype train, which is was already Ooh. big, right, back when it was drafted, before the draft, we all knew for a couple of years before the draft, we all kind of mm-hmm. knew. Uh, yeah. If they're able to go and get that win, it, it tells you two things. What a great job Doug Peterson did. And what a horrendously bad coach Urban Meyer was. He was. I mean, wow. He is the worst coach we have ever seen in the NFL. Yeah. I've been watching the NFL for, you know, 40 years. He's got to be the worst coach. Worse than Gase. What was that movie? Didn't they have a movie where the the, the a donkey was the, the coach of the team or something? Or did he kick the field goal? I think they kicked the field goals. But if, he, if they make a sequel that the donkey is the coach of the team, the donkey would be better than Urban Meyer. What the F? Once again, worse than Gase. Oh, no, not even close. Adam, he made Adam Gase look like Chuck Knoll. We suck. Well, Gordon, we moved to Sunday. We know what happens there. The first game is Miami and the Buffalo. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I, now, there, now is Teddy Bridgewater out or there's still a shot he could go? I think he's still a shot. I don't know that he's been ruled out yet, but it seems pretty unlikely. So it's almost certainly going to be Skylar Thompson. And here's the thing. If the Dolphins were to go to Buffalo and win this game, it would be the greatest upset in the history of the NFL. It's not a question. I mean, bigger than Super Bowl three. I don't care. It would be absolutely yeah. ridiculous. They're they're two touchdown underdogs. They're playing a Bills team that very well could have had the number one overall seed in the bye week. Yeah. Um, and this is what the Dolphins do. The Dolphins, when they ra- they rarely make the playoffs, but when they do, they get blown out. La- Since the last time they won a playoff game, twenty three years ago, Larry, they have been mm-hmm. they've made the playoffs four times. They've been outscored in those four games, one hundred four to twenty four. And the mm. last two times they played, they made the playoffs. They have played those games with their backup quarterback. So 2008 is the last time the Dolphins made a playoff appearance with their actual starting quarterback. That was Chad Pennington, the year they won the division, right. and he threw I think four touchdowns against uh, four interceptions, excuse me, against the Ravens. And they got blown out in that game. The Dolphins, when they make the playoffs, they get blown out. They're going to get destroyed on Sunday. We'll continue the conversation more NFL next on 98.7 ESPN New York.